0: Father, we thank you for Jesus. So now we pray that as we come to your word, what we do not know you would teach us, what we do not have you would give us, and what we are not you would make us by your spirit through your word. It's in Christ's name and for his glory we pray. Amen. Be seated. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and open those to the book of Galatians. Uh, actually, Second Peter. Second Peter chapter uh, 3. And I'm going to read to us from Galatians chapter 1. So if you're with me, that, that'd be or actually Galatians chapter 5. Verse 22, we've been walking through a series on the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, you know, it was... Honestly, it's embarrassingly more recent than I like to admit that I realized that fruit was not a verb in this passage, that it's, it's actually fruit, not fruits. But here's what it reads. The fruit of the Spirit is love... Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So when we read through these things, there is something tricky that takes place with them that if we're not careful, we miss. Then that tricky thing is this, that God simultaneously is letting every believer, everyone who would read these things, see these things from Scripture, know this is who you are, as well as this is who I want you to strive to be. This is both who you are and who I want you to strive to be. This is what I want you to know is, is there in you and I want you to seek to show and demonstrate these things. I gave one definition of the fruit of the Spirit a couple of weeks ago as our reaction to God's action towards us in Jesus. And whenever you read through these, I think that today stands out from the rest in a unique way. Because when I read love, I see myself as a recipient of love. When I read joy, I see the idea that I I process joy from an experience that takes place. That's how we understand that. Uh, Peace... Same thing, we are people who have received peace to the the person of Jesus. Whenever I read of patience, I rarely think that other people are patient towards me. I typically think of how patient I am with other people or how impatient I may be with other people. Uh, two scenarios. This week I was preaching a camp in, uh, at Lee University. It is a school uh, outside of Chattanooga between Knoxville and Chattanooga. And, and while I was there, I noticed a few things about the room. It's a room called the Kahn Center. It was built in the 1960s, if I'm not mistaken, just by the architecture. Not that I'm an architect, but I've watched a couple of television shows. And the room is designed for choirs. You're designed to hear choirs singing there, if you remember what choirs were. And the, you, there, it's on a slope, and the chairs are there for you to sit in, but you're also standing, if you're in a worship situation like what we just concluded, uh, you're standing on a slope, downhill, like you're skiing the whole time. So I'm looking at the room. Uh, that's taking place. And then I also notice that we're working with teenagers. And I am 41 years old. And I've grown to be grumpier in my old age. And I was pretty grumpy in my young age. So uh, these kids, they flood to the front of the room for a worship mosh. And they're all standing down there. And I, and I can just, I'm in the back, kind of looking from backstage. And some of them are extending their hands towards the Lord. And some of them are with one hand up. We, we know that when that's popular. Are here at grace and then they're they're looking at side eye and who's next to them to see what they're doing but they're all um congealed up here 300 of them of the thousand who were there because everyone can't get up there because you know you've you got to sweat separately and as i come on stage to, to preach the sermon i notice something takes place they begin to move to their seats And I have to wait seven minutes before they get back to their chairs. And I'm losing my mind. If I had a plant like I do here, I would have thrown it in the middle of the room. I'm a very impatient person with that. And I wish I wasn't. It's it's difficult. I'm giving them patience. Yesterday, I took the kids to see a movie. We went to see Toy Story 4 because we like to cry. (laughs) And on the way to the movie... I found myself uttering the daddiest of dad phrases. I will turn this car around. We are not going to talk about candy distribution anymore. And my favorite, like this, y'all should just be thankful we're getting to go see a movie. (laughs) Patient. I am always measuring my understanding of patience by how patient or impatient I am. And because of that, when I read a scripture that talks about patience, I immediately put myself in the place of the giver rather than the recipient. So when we read 2 Peter, like this is probably the most well-known Bible passage about patience. 2 Peter chapter 3. Go there with me. 2 Peter chapter 3. We're going to pick up for our time together in verse 8. But no, there's a whole good book on 2 Peter that you should spend some time in. We'll try and tie it all up today. 2 Peter 3 verse 8. Dear friends, don't overlook this one fact. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years... And a thousand years is like one day. The Lord does not delay his promise as some understand delay, but he's patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day, the heavens will pass away with a loud noise and the elements will burn and be dissolved. And the earth and the works on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, it is clear what sort of people you should be in holy conduct and godliness as you wait for the day of God and, his, and hasten His coming. its coming. Because of that day, the heaven will be dissolved with fire and the elements will melt with heat. But based on his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Therefore, dear friends, while you wait for these things, make every effort to be found without spot or blemish in his sight at peace. Also, regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our dear brother Paul has written to you according to the wisdom given to him. We're just not very patient people. Because in every point of reference, we think about how patient we are and not how patient God is with us. Have you ever thought about the way that we interact with the Lord in regard to even texts like this? This, for us, if we are not careful, turns into, God, you should just be glad that I would ever spend time with you. God, this world is broken. This world is torn up. I can't believe that people do that. I can't believe that people say that. But I'm being patient with you, Lord. I'm hoping to see you do something. I'm waiting for you. And we are waiting on the Lord in that way with no consideration whatsoever with how patient he is with us. Our entire lives are designed around people, around us trying to short-circuit waiting on things. I want you to raise your hand with me this morning. This is the participatory part of our program. Uh, I want you to raise your hand if you have used any of the following things in the last, we'll go with two months. If you have ever used waiter in the last, anybody raise their hand? Waiter. If you don't know what waiter is, talk to one of the people with their hands up. Because it's awesome. Wash and fold laundry, anybody? Anybody? All right. I know you. I like you. Uh, Okay. AMC A-list at the movie theater. Anybody done this? Okay. Everybody put your hands up because I'm about to say Amazon Prime. (laughs) Next day delivery. Same day delivery. Anybody done that? FedEx offers it. TSA pre-check. Clear. There are two things offered at the airport for you to travel. One of those is TSA PreCheck, which is this government official thing. And then there is this Clear, which is the great value version of TSA PreCheck, where they scan your fingers and your eyeballs to let you go through the line quickly. It's pretty cool. Uh, here's one that's me for some, and it's how the rest of you get through your day. Has anyone ever used a Keurig, right? <laughs> Jerry Manning's judging the whole room right now. Jared likes to brew his coffee in a boot or something and just... (laughs) (laughs) Patience. We believe that everyone should be patient with us or we believe that we are patient with everyone and everyone should be patient with us and we understand God in that way. But we look at this text, we we see it break down in this way. It's on your notes, but just to go over them. First, we see patience shown to us. Second, we see patience, it will shape us. Patience seen in us and patience satisfies us. One more time, though I know you can read. Patience shown to us. Patience shapes us. Patience seen in us and patience satisfies us. We read the the first just couple of verses here, 8 through 10. But do not overlook this fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. very popular verse that people use to understand the end of the world and how old the earth is. And and there's lots of debate about that. So we're in this macro idea, this large level idea of who God is and, and how God works. And it's honestly above much of our comprehension. Then we get to 9 and 10. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness. But He is patient toward you. The, the word for patient in the original language, it, it means long-suffering. God suffers long with you. God waits, and He's patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish. So He is patient with humanity... We look around now and and we see how obviously broken the world seems to be. I've had conversations with some of you about how sinful things are. I always will point out, I don't believe the world is more sinful. I believe that it's just as sinful as it's always been. We just have so many more ways to make that obviously known. I mean, in the Bible, I I mentioned last week, the terrorists of the, the Bible, they would sneak up on soldiers with knives. There are bombs now. Our corruption has grown and grown, and God's patience has remained steady to draw people back to himself so that there would be a repentance, there would be heartbreak on their behalf. The, old, the God in the Old Testament that we see, Yahweh, as how he's presented, he gets a really bad rap about his patience. We just think he's mad all of the time. God's not mad. He is not mad in the Old Testament. We Just to give you a point of reference, in Exodus chapter 34, verse 6 and 7, this is what the word of the Lord says about the Lord. The Lord passed before him, Moses, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord is God. He is merciful and gracious. He is long-suffering. He suffers long. He abounds in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and sin. I don't ever think that God suffers long with me because I think I'm awesome. And if we're just getting underneath everything, we think we are in much better shape than we actually are on our own and that God needs to give us little bits of attention, but there are people who are really horrific who he needs to give much more attention to. Forgetting that I need God's long-suffering patience in my life daily. Because my wickedness, it's just more acceptable than other people's is. I mean, look, we're gathering together at 10.30 on a Sunday morning. We showed up at church. Our wickedness is just as wicked... It's just more socially acceptable. You can't get arrested for most, for most of our wickedness. Now, for some of you, you need to go talk to somebody. God's patient with Nineveh. We see that in the Bible. Uh, if you, the story of Jonah and Nineveh. God, Nineveh, if you are unaware, they are connected to this group of people called the Assyrians. The Assyrians are horrible throughout Scripture. They uh, mistreat the people of Israel. They take people captive. They, they pillage. They are barbaric barbarians. That's kind of who they are. They're led by a man named Tiglath-Pileser III. He ate puppies for breakfast. So, so just to let you know, he's awful. He is a horrific person in history. God sends Jonah to Nineveh, Jonah knowing the way that they have mistreated the Jewish people, and he's no, I'm not going. You know the story. There's a whale involved. He eventually goes to Nineveh. And in so doing, God uses Jonah, who just shows up and says, repent. When Jonah shows up to say, repent, he doesn't even mean it. He whispers it under his breath, so they'll get hammered. Repent. I'm out. Repent. When they repent, God is then patient with Jonah. Jonah. Because of the way that they... Because of the way that he views the Ninevites. He literally says to God, I knew you would forgive them. And that's why I didn't want to go. How many people have we written off because we know that our God is a forgiving God and we think that we should be the one who... Delves out patience and forgiveness to them or not. God is patient with us. We see Jesus fleshing out patience in the New Testament, literally, incarnationally fleshing out patience. I'll give you some examples. James and John, they want to reign on each side of Jesus. They show up with their mama in tow, and mama says to Jesus, Hey, they want to sit by you in this kingdom. I mean, Somebody should have smacked them down. Jesus is patient. Philip, after he spent his last three years with Jesus in John chapter 14, Jesus gives this whole thing about the Father, and and Philip says to Jesus, Show me the Father, and that'll be enough. You big dum-dum. Peter, if you would like to see Jesus being patient with Peter, turn to any and every page of the Gospels. And if you want to see a snapshot of him being patient with you, find the stories about Peter. And me. He's patient with his enemies. You've heard of Paul. used to be Saul. Work through that. There's a big debate on it. You can read on Gospel Coalition. Formerly. This is what he says about Paul. Paul says about himself in 1 Timothy, I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor and an insolent opponent. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. God showing patience. Over and over and over and over. That's not even the tip of the iceberg. I don't even know how you access the tip of an iceberg. But that's not it. It's there's so much more. Patience, we don't only, it's not only shown to us, patience shapes us. So for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, this is what we see take place. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved. About to get into some end time talk, not the full scale. Uh, that's Jared's going to do that series. But since all these things, he's going to sing, then come talk. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be? In lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, of God. Old Testament talk, it's a really big deal throughout the Old Testament where we see this idea of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. So the Lord, who is long suffering, is going to deal with the wickedness of the world. The beauty of that is, it means that you and I, that's not our job. It's not. Now, we need to see what's right, and we need to see what's just, and we need to be able to to hold those things up, because that's part of living holy lives, to, to point towards what God has done. But ultimately, God is the one who controls and judges sin for what it is. The end is coming, Did you know that New Coke is back? Who remembers New Coke from 1987? It's a special collaboration with the television or the Netflix show Stranger Things. I remember drinking it in all of its terribleness and and saying to my dad at the dinner table in 1988 when he had wished our family a happy new year. I, as an 11 year old, said, "We're just one day closer to the end of the world." What a weird child I was. I don't know where that even came from. I don't want to get into this huge diatribe about the end of the world. I do have opinions, lots of them. But we keep in mind that this whole chat about the patience of the Lord is coming out of a fault with with the people that Peter is dealing with. Because as he talks and celebrates God's patience with us, and his patience with sinners, and his patience to save, and his patience to be a good God, it all started because some randos were cranking out false teachings. Let me give you examples of what Peter had to deal with in this section of Second Peter. This is why the letter is written. There were some who were saying that God, that Jesus was never going to come back. And because they would say and they would preach and they would teach that Jesus was never going to return, they exploited the doctrine of God's grace. They distorted the doctrine of God's spiritual freedom. They justified the following. They justified their desire for sexual indulgence. They justified their love of money. They justified their love of human praise. And they took all of these things and this to, to, to say and they supported it by saying, Christ has not come back. And because they did not believe or teach that Christ would come back, it was not going to interrupt their devotion to the world. They argued everything was okay because Jesus wasn't going to come back to deal with it. Wait, wait. Hear me again. In these people, they exploited grace, they distorted spiritual freedom, They justified poor sexual behavior. They justified their love of money. They justified their love of human praise. All of this supported because they said that Jesus wasn't coming back and everything was going to be okay because no one would be there to deal with it. At least they claim to have a reason. How many believers, because they never see God as the one who provides patience, but they see themselves as the one who are being patient with Him, are caught up in an exploitation of God's grace? In a distortion of spiritual freedom, in inappropriate sexual behavior, in a love of money and greed, and price. This is us. We're just not making a claim. I love how Peter deals with them and, I, and I, hopefully it's the way that it really doesn't model for us how Christians should deal with the fallenness of our world. Peter does not deal with every point verbatim. Peter deals with this by saying that they should shape us, that our struggles in this life, God's long-suffering patience, should shape us and that we should respond by living lives that are holy and that honor God. Jesus will return. These are his claims. They're pretty simple. Jesus will return. Those who are opposed to God will get theirs, and whatever that means. That's a paraphrase from the message. And the decaying world will be renewed and restored. So, if this is how God tells us to be patient with sinners, what does it mean for our lives to look a certain way? Patience seen in us, verses 13 and 14. But according to His promise... We are waiting for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. God restoring the world. God removing the corruption within it. Therefore, beloved, since you're waiting for these, be diligent to be found by Him without spot or blemish and at peace. Now, all of my Christian life, I've been told that through the blood of Jesus that I am spotless, without blemish, and that I have peace with God. Now you're telling me that I'm supposed to display that I am without spot or blemish and at peace with God? Jesus sees you in this, so to paraphrase cheerleaders, Hold up, wait a minute, put a little context in it. Here's what he's saying. Jesus sees you without blemish and your peace has been given. You are not, as a follower of Jesus, at war with God anymore. The question is, does our behavior agree with our identity? And that can be said for every fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Do you behave in a loving way? It's it's peace. Are you seeking to display and show peace? Over and over. Peter's just set up a contrast, if you notice. He, He just said that the false teachers... They live their way because they don't believe God is real or telling the truth. We live a different way because we believe that God is real, that Jesus is returning, and he is telling the truth. They respond to God with a rolled eye at his promises. We respond to God with an attentive ear and a bent knee. This is where flow charts and weird books about blood moons really do confuse things. Because we want a coherent explanation about how to live with the end in mind and we should be living in response to the one who holds the end in his hands. To be patient people. God, through Peter, in this text says, if you want to deal with the shortcomings of the world, the only thing I've Asked of you to do is to live a holy, godly, upright life. And I'll use that. I'll use that. Finally, in verse 15, patience satisfies us. Count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Just as our beloved brother Paul... I love that Paul makes a cameo in Peter's writing here. Just as our beloved brother Paul also writes to you according to the wisdom given him. Peter is also saying, Paul's going to say some stuff that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but we're going to trust that that's God's wisdom. Because if you read the two side by side, they're not exactly speaking the same language. They're talking about the same thing. But one of them is eloquent and the other is country come to town. ...off of a fishing boat. Count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Hear this. Since God's initial patience with us... ...no zap, no pow, no boom, no destruction... ...is what brought us to salvation... ...it is important to see God's patience with the world... ...and continued patience with the world... ...as an opportunity for us to live holy, godly lives... ...that point to salvation... The rest of this chapter it actually tells us that. When you get to the late... There's only a few more verses in 2 Peter 3. And what Peter says is there are people who will seek to impede our holy, godly progress as believers. And it is our privilege. It is our birthright because we are... It's our new birthright for... To grow in grace and the knowledge of Jesus our Savior. We should live... As patient people, because we are satisfied by what God has done for us. Patience should be on display because patience has been delivered. We see this in this text. So, just if we're asking questions, because we should always ask questions. If we're going to look at this passage about God's patience, we have to first look and say, Do I see myself as a recipient of patience? more so than I see myself as one who offers it. God has been patient with me. I should be patient with people. I should be patient with teenagers who crowd the fronts of rooms. I should be patient with children who want to buy overpriced candy at the movie theater. Patience should be displayed because patience has been delivered. God has suffered long with me. And God has suffered long with you. God has suffered long with you to save you. Other questions that we have. How do you fight annoyance? Well, if we're going to be satisfied in the person of Jesus, the spending time in Scripture is helpful. There is a, a an encouragement that you'll see from pastors from time to time too. When people drive you bonkers, one of the things they like to ask you is... How often do you pray for that person who drives you bonkers? Are we showing patience and are we fighting annoyance in that way? Do we have people that we talk to about people who, to, who we process with, not for the sake of gossip, but for the sake of Christian growth, process? I need to know how you, can you help me with this? Because we are called a community together. Thinking through patience and what the Bible teaches about it. It Teaches us more about God than it teaches us about us. So we consider and we think through and wrestle with what does a holy, godly life look like and how do I live that? How do I show this this thing because God has shown it to me? Here's what I want to do this morning. I want to just invite you uh, to bow your heads. And we're going to sing... The band, as the band gets in place. But maybe, just maybe, this was the message you needed to hear today. It was the message I needed to hear as I prepared it. I don't know that if any of us would say that patience is our strong suit. If you are, I'd love to chat with you more. But to think about what you're impatient with, who you're impatient with, who you're frustrated with, who you struggle with to think about the broken world that you live in that I live in that all of us are around and can we ask God for patience in the face of these things God you have shown me patience and you have said that this is something I'm capable of doing because of the work of Jesus on the cross how do I enact and live that out with people who don't seem to care with a world that seems to be more and more corrupt each day based on my perspective when I look at it. God, how am I patient in the way you're patient? Lord, we thank you for the cross of Jesus that allows us to be brought to salvation. And Lord, I pray that we would see the world that we live in through your eyes, your heart, that we would suffer long with things that cause us to struggle and fail because you continually are long-suffering with us. We ask this in Jesus' name. If you need me, I'm in the back corner of the room on your left-hand side.